This is the Everything Podcast, the most non-PC podcast of the PC era. Hey, Lou, would you kindly drop a bomb on him? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining me on this episode 47 of the Everything Podcast. Hashtag outrages the new black. I am your host, Lou from the BX, a.k.a. Louis Balboa, you know, Dominican Lou. The Loose Cannon of Podcasting. Your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. You know, you, you already know this. And uh, I'm coming to you today from beautiful Delray Beach on the 21st of July. And I got some shit here I gotta talk about. But uh, first off, before we get into anything, uh, hello. How are you guys doing? I've missed you. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Thank you for everything you've been doing on social media. For the follows and the downloads and the likes and the ratings and the... I appreciate you guys very much. I love the feedback. Thank you very much for hitting me up. Um, the Instagram is popping as usual. If you guys, uh, if you guys message me on there or you hit me up on there, I will get back to you most definitely. And I thank you guys who have already done so. Um, much respect to all of you. Uh, as for news, uh, J1Con fast approaches. I'm telling you, September's right around the corner. And you guys better go get your tickets in the tri-state area. If you are in the tri-state area and you are a fan of anime or things that are awesome, I expect to see you at J1Con. I'm making the trip from Florida to freaking Atlantic City just for this occasion. Okay? We're going to be having J1Con for three days. We're going to be having the Blackfinity Gauntlet panel part two. I'm honored and thankful to be uh, part of this beautiful conglomerate of podcasters of color and i'm very appreciative that i was invited to be a part of it and i'm honored uh, i don't i think i said that already and then i said it backwards so that's how excited i am about it so guys if you're going to head out to the tri-state area in september please come to j1 con it's 50 bucks three-day tickets where are you going to what con are you going to go to where you can pay 50 bucks for three days usually pay 50 bucks for one day um and if you guys are going to stay for the weekend, get you a hotel at the Showboat. Um, they are There are some rooms left at the Showboat Hotel where the event is happening, but there are not many. Uh, and to be honest with you, they might, they might be totally sold out, but I think they might be one or two available. I don't know. But there's a lot of hotels in Atlantic City, so, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm not staying at the Showboat. I'll be staying outside of the Showboat. But there are... A couple rooms available if you wanted to do that so check it out man all right um so i got a couple topics here i'm going to talk about today i'm going to keep it short and sweet um a little bit of google gaga and then a little bit not so much google gaga uh i want to talk about the luke cage season two i finished it finally uh i want to talk about that i would like to talk about a little sports i would like to talk about the uh dolphins and the nfl uh, I am also going to get into a couple of things in regards to this Me Too movement. And I'm going to talk about three people in particular that have caught my attention. Uh, but again, short and sweet. I'm not going to get too crazy today. At least I hope not. But before I get into any of that other stuff, we recently just had a birthday for an artist who passed away in 2010. His birthday just came and went, and I'd be remiss if I didn't 
say a couple words about this man. Um, Guru from Gangstar. Uh, if you don't know who that is, uh, there was a group called Gangstar in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Um, pioneering, uh, incredible, just revolutionary. Uh, I can't think of any more adjectives to describe what Gangstar is and what they mean to hip hop and what they mean to me personally. Um, Gangstar consists of uh, DJ Premier and Guru. Guru is, you know, everybody wants to say top five. This is my top five. Uh, these are my top five movies. These are my top five rappers. I can't, I can't do a top five favorite rappers. It's just impossible for me because it's just it's, it doesn't make sense. It gets stupid, but I just end up saying all time favorites. And Guru is definitely one of my all time favorites. His um, he he's known for his monotone delivery and his uh, the preciseness of his rhymes and the fact that there's usually ninety nine point nine percent of the time whenever you listen to one of uh, either Guru songs or a Gangstar record, there's always a message involved. And um, he was just phenomenal, man. And he you know he he actually he died on my birthday which makes it a little, you know, it's a, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a little bit of a, 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 a stab, you know, when I, when I think about it, but you know, you can't dwell on things like that. It's just a, a coincidence that it happened to happen on my birthday, but one of my favorite rappers ever, uh, one of my favorite people ever, it's a shame the way that he died. Um, there was some controversy around how it happened. I don't really want to get into that aspect. I'm not here to glorify whatever. Um, I just wanted to show some respect. He's he's the fucking greatest. And if you've never listened to a Gangstar record or a Gangstar album or a song, you know, if you if you love hip hop, if you can appreciate hip hop, definitely check out you know Daily Operation or uh, Hard to Earn, uh, you know Moment of Truth. Any of those albums, um, you can just put it on and listen to it, and you'll be taken to somewhere mentally that you didn't think you were going to get taken to. Um, Gangstar actually, one of the, the he actually helped expand my vocabulary because up to up until I heard um, "Code of the Streets," I had never I had heard the word before, but I didn't really know what it meant. He says "abreast," so keep abreast to the Gangstar conquest. And I had never heard a line like that in a, a hip-hop song before. And I actually had to look that word up in the meaning to see. What the fuck? What the fuck? This, what did he just say? Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that in Gangstar songs. He's just the best and I love him. And it's sad that he passed away. But, you know, he's in a better place. So he can rest in peace. And his music is going to live on forever. It's not a day that goes by that I'm not listening to a Gangstar song. I... When I'm at work, I press, I open Spotify, I press shuffle, and whatever plays is whatever plays, whether it's rock, reggae, hip hop, uh, whatever. Um, and there's always some Gangstar in there because I have so many Gangstar songs that I added. It's just it's, there's it's always something. So peace and love to Guru and his family on his uh, angel birthday. And uh, yeah, there's not really much else I can say about that. Again. I got a few topics. Um, 
I'm going to be getting into that. I wanted to make an announcement here. The t-shirts, the Everything Podcast t-shirts are here and they're real. I have it in my hand right now. Actually, I don't have it in my hand. It's in the it's in the other room because I took it off because I don't want it to get stinky or wrinkled. But it arrived today and it is fantastic. So if you guys, you've seen the link. I know I've posted it. I know you've seen it. You can go to www.teespring.com slash the-everything-podcast-t number two. And you can have a, your very own Everything Podcast shirt of your own. Uh, $19.99. The price is right. Uh, I can attest to the quality of the shirt. The burn itself, it has a little bit of a... Uh, 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 like a, a fade in it, but it actually makes the logo look that much cooler. And the shirt itself is a premium tee, which is a nice, smooth, soft shirt. I was going to go with the hangless, which is the first option that they give you is kind of like the cheapest version. But I didn't want to... I know that those shirts can be a little starchy and whatnot, and it's a little hard. So I wanted to go with the premium tee, and it was definitely worth going up in price for me, not for you guys. Um to get the hang to get the uh premium tees because the quality of the shirt's fantastic i'm extremely happy with the quality of the shirt i'm going to be branching out into different logos and stuff so this is just the beginning and um if you guys would like there's only going to be five of these shirts made not counting the one i have so really six there will only be five of these shirts ever made once these five sell that's it it's going into the vault, and those shirts will not be seen again for sale anywhere. So, who knows what can happen in the future? Maybe it becomes a collector's item. Who knows? You never know with these things. So, if you want to snatch one up now, go ahead and snatch one up. I will be more than happy to share pictures, and uh, I would love to see pictures of you guys wearing everything podcast shirts that would make me geek out hardcore nasty. So... If you would like to do that, again, go to Teespring. Just go to the Everything Podcast page on Instagram. Go right to my profile. I have the link right on there for you to click on if that makes it any easier. And uh, that is about it as far as news goes and updates. Because we got shirts. We got J1Con. And you got me. What more do you want? Un besito. Ladies and gentlemen, we are getting closer to the date. Hit up j1con.com at official j1 studios for those tickets. Best price for a three-day anime, gaming, comic, panel, and podcast conference that you can get. 50 bucks gets you all that for three days. The Blackfinity Gauntlet is back and on a bigger stage at the Bourbon Room at the Showboat Hotel Atlantic City. Featuring the True Radio Network, Ladies Love Hip Hop, The Black Tribbles, The Everything Podcast, All Podcasts Matter, The Brown Girl Experience, The Code Show, and The Beat Society. I'm trying to remind you guys, this is the event you can't miss the weekend of September 14th through the 16th. So head to www.j1con.com for more info on tickets, hotel information, packages, and programs. Ladies and gents, we want to see you there. Don't miss it. Yo, 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 this is your boy, the mayor, that DJ named Ace Five, your mom's favorite fat guy, and you are listening to the newest episode of the Everything Podcast with my boy, Lou, from the BS. Everything Podcast. So, ladies and gents, let's, um, let's go ahead and jump right into this Luke Cage Season 2 
uh, let's not call it a review. Let's call it more impressions of season two. So if you're not familiar with Luke Cage, uh, he has a series on Netflix as part of the whole Marvel, you know, Marvel Comics deal. They they have shows on Netflix, so uh, you, you should be aware of this and you should be watching these things. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're watching these things. So Luke Cage season two came out last month. Finally got to finish it up. If you're not familiar with the character, uh, he is the Marvel superhero. He is Harlem's hero. He was uh, a jailed inmate who was experimented on and now has impenetrable skin and super strength. And he fights bad guys and punches them in the face and all that good shit. This series stars Mike Coulter. Very familiar name. You may know him if you're in the gaming world from the Halo games. He was in. Uh, he played uh, John Locke. And the latest uh, installment of the Halo franchise. It also stars Mustafa Shakir, Rosario Dawson, Alfre Woodard, uh, Simon Mizek, Theo Rossi, Thomas Jones, Reggie Cathy, actually in his final role. He passed away, R.I.P. And Gabriel Dennis. So this season came out and it received mixed reviews. And at first I was reading these reviews, you know, the non-spoiler ones, and I was kind of taken aback because... For the most part, these series have been fantastic. The Punisher was, I mean, outstanding. The Defenders was good. The ending was a little lackluster, but it wasn't horrible by any means. And Iron Fist was terrible. The Jessica Jones series, I still haven't seen season two. Season one was fantastic. So it was a little strange for me to see these kind of mixed reviews and and, and, uh, complaints really that people had for season two and some of the complaints were uh it was slow it was too long and too much talking without any character development now when i hear someone complain about too much talking i immediately disavow their review because it's a long form 12 episode show so what do you want not want people to talk and if there's too much talking, how is there not character development? So uh, these two things don't mix. So for me, after taking this show in and having time to process everything and, wa- and, and sit back and reflect on it, for me, the pros of this, this, uh, this season were uh, it was highly entertaining. Um, quite the opposite of the mixed reviews because it was, for me, it, was, it had gripping character development like me and my wife watched this series and we were right off i i would say into the first episode more into the starting with the second episode going into the third we were hooked like we were instantly like okay we're gonna sit here and we're gonna binge this because i need to know what happens and i mean just you know so before i go into this this might get a little spoilery, so if you haven't seen it all, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Stop listening. <laughs> I'm not going to purposely spoil anything, but I'm going to talk about this. It's already been out over a month. I mean, come on, get with the program. So, um, just how they showed, so the main antagonist for this series is, uh, for this season is Mustafa Shakir's character, which is Bushmaster. Very familiar character from the comics, one of Luke Cage's. Like, it's basically the Joker for Luke Cage, um, at least in the comics. Um, so, 
you know, the way they showed how Bushmaster came to be and why he has a, a deep hatred for Alfre Woodard's character, which is Mariah Dillard. Stokes! Mariah Stokes! Oh, Excuse me. Uh, Mariah Stokes. Uh, you, you see why they show you. They go into the back, back, back story of how Bushmaster became who he is and why he is the way he is. Um, this series introduced us into a new character uh, named Comanche, played by former Jets running back Thomas Jones, who I didn't even know it was Thomas Jones until my brother put me onto it. Um, he was fucking fantastic on this show. And the character Comanche is was in jail with Theo Rossi's character, which is Shades, and um, he gets out of jail. They meet up, and, and Theo Rossi shades basically puts him on, puts him right into the crew, gives him gives him a whip, gives him you know money, gives him a gun. He's like, "Yo, you're in here. You're with me, and let's go." And you see how they um, came to be, and the arc that those two characters take was, I mean. I didn't see it coming, and it was fucking awesome. Um, Thomas Jones, again, I, I gotta give him props. He blew me away with his acting skills. He's the shit, and I'm really, I really need to pay attention to what he's out there doing because I would like to see him in more roles. Um, Shades, the the Shades character itself was fantastic this season. Um, you know, Misty's growth from like handicapped cop to hero was they. What they did with all these characters is that they gave them time and they showed you their struggles, it showed you their peaks, and it showed you their lows, their highs. It took them, it, it, it gave you, you didn't have to like be all caught up with everything. Like they basically caught you up in what happened in Defenders because what happens to Misty and the Defenders is pretty, I mean, significant. And you know, you get all caught up with that, you find out why she's the way she is now, and just the way that they take her being as frustrated and, you know, just down on herself in the beginning of the series and then how she ends up at the end of the series is just, it, it was fantastic. I keep saying fantastic. It's, it, it just was. It was great. Um, Luke's arc with his father. <laughs> First of all, y'all, y'all already know I got daddy issues. So anything father and son, I'm already... 100% invested. So seeing how they carried over from season one with Luke's issues with his dad, uh, and his dad pops right up in the first episode and they start, they're, you know, they're butting heads. They're basically, it's like two rocks just grinding together because neither one of them wants to budge to the other. But there, there's a, there's a, there's a feeling there, obviously, between father and son. And there's love somewhere in there. But they're so they're both so headstrong that they can't get beyond each other's they can't get beyond each other's walls to 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 get in. And then at the end of the at the end of everything, it just the way their characters end up is really great. Again, I'm trying to keep it you know um, non spoilerish, but you know that's why I don't understand the you know these people who are saying there's no character development. I don't get that at all. I've seen it in more than one review and 
I I have to think that the people who said that did not watch this. They watched a couple episodes. They skipped to the last episode and they gave a review just to try to be the first reviews out there because for them to say there's no character development in this is ridiculous. Uh, Mariah Stokes and her daughter. There's another two characters that go. They run the gamut of emotions through this whole season and, you know, Again, trying to keep it non-spoilery, but where Mariah ends up and where her daughter ends up at the end of the series is like, (laughs) I'm not going to say fantastic again, but they did a really great job of taking these characters and molding them and kind of making you really care about who they are and where they're going and why they're doing the things they're doing. I can't say enough good things about the season. I, I, it was, for me, it was great. Um, if I can take a couple cons from this season. Okay. And there's silly things. They're not even really a big deal. But I, well, first things first. I don't think there was enough of Luke Cage in this series. And it's called Luke Cage. But I just don't think that there there was enough of him. And it has to do a lot with there were so many characters in the, in the show. Uh, you know, they did a lot of developing of characters. And there were so many of them. And so many story arcs that you kind of feel like you're not seeing enough of Luke. Like, he pops up, he kicks some ass, and then he's gone. But I really don't... I don't feel like there was enough um, screen time for him being a, a badass. There was plenty of, you know, there's plenty of him kicking ass. But I would like... I want to see more, you know. Obviously, it's called Luke Cage. You want to see Luke Cage being Luke Cage. And uh, I just feel like they kind of... Just a little bit... Just a little bit, son. They... Could have given him a little bit more. But at the expense of... Not at the expense of taking away from the other characters. Because I really love what they did with this cast. Um, one thing that's really bothering me and I want to <laughs> just bring it up is... There's a scene in this show where... First of all, Claire. She was a waste of a character. They really... To be honest with you, there's rumors out there that Rosario Dawson may not be involved in any more of the Netflix shows. I have no issue with that because they're kind of just shoehorning her into every single series, and it's like they're trying to kind of make they're trying to kind of make her like the Nick Fury of the Netflix Marvel U, and I'm not feeling it. Like she's not she's there to patch people up, and then she gets mad and she disappears. Like she does that shit in every season of every show, and it's like okay fuck out of here like what is this she literally just disappears in this season she she says where she's going you know she's like i'm out see you later and see ya and she's gone and it's like we didn't even really need you here i think to be honest with you they had her on the show and it's not so much i have a problem with her itself it's just the character sucks it's not going anywhere and i think honestly they had her character in the show just to have luke cage not look like a hoe because he's romantically linked with Claire. And then something happens between them. And she's like, yo, I got to get out of here. This is too much. And she goes. And he's kind of like, yo, my girl bounced. So he's not messing with anybody else. Because that's his girl. And he knows she's, she's going to come back. He's thinking she's going to come back. So instead of having him hooking up with Misty again. Or maybe they bring some other, you know, female, you know, 
character on the show that he gets involved with, then it's like, okay, you're sleeping with Jessica Jones, you're sleeping with Misty, you're sleeping with bro, what are you doing? You're fucking everybody in town. So I guess they tried to kind of avoid that image of him. They kind of they had to have Claire in here, and then they just kind of throw her away. So I could have done without her character. It's not that she was that bad, but it, she was just a waste. And there's a, okay, so there's a scene where like one of my favorite songs ever in the world. First of all, if I can go back to the pros, the soundtrack for this season blows away the soundtrack from the first season. I'm a big fan of reggae and listening to this watching this series was like listening to my Spotify playlist. It's the, all every single song was dope. Um they the first song that you hear is uh Mob Deep Shook Ones. That's the first song that they play in this in this season. And it's like that's how we're going to start this shit. All right. We're going to start with this with some Prodigy and Havoc show uh and it doesn't it doesn't disappoint from there i mean they had krs on this they had damian marley on this rakim was on this uh fantastic fucking soundtrack but going back to the con there's a scene where one of my favorite songs is used and now every time i hear this song because i listen to my music at work and this is one of the songs that's on the on the rotation I almost want to skip it now because of this scene. So there's a scene where <laughs> Luke Cage and Claire are back at the crib. They go back to the rest and they start playing Gregory Isaac's Night Nurse, which, of course, her character, Claire, is Night Nurse in the comics, but she never really takes up that mantle on the show. But still, somebody called her Night Nurse, I think, in. Daredevil season two, I think they called somebody said Night Nurse. Uh, so they're back at the crib, and you hear Night Nurse from uh, Greg Isaacs, and it's the most bro super cringe, the worst grinding dancing to that's like the worst scene ever. It's just like you just see their hips grinding against each other all fast and shit not even going to the beat of the song and there's like all these fast cuts and like skin and sweat and it's all dark and shit and i'm like man get the fuck out of here bro if you there's nothing worse than watching two non-jamaicans grind to reggae like fuck out of here uh that shit was that scene was terrible they didn't need to be in this at all um speaking of cringe so I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Um, So, if you watched season one and you saw how it ended, it should be no surprise to you that Shades and Mariah become an item in season two. Like, she's the queen, and he's like, I'm not going to say the king, because he's not really the king. He's more like her uh, cabin boy, or... (laughs) Like she's his, she's the queen, and he's his. She, he's her number two, basically on the show. Like he takes care of her. He, you know, she tells him, go do this, go do that, and he goes and he does it. And then, but she is subservient to him as far as the relationship. But as far as the power, she's running shit. Um, it's a very strange relationship. And when I say that dancing was super cringe, there's so. Every time 
Shades and Mariah kiss. It's it's gross. It's so fucking cringeworthy to watch. Like, I, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't have any reasons why. Maybe the age difference. Maybe it's the way Shades is so just cold. And he, dude, he loves her. He, dude, is in love with her. Like, as as the series progress, you see, like, oh, he's not. Because you kind of, at the end of season one, they kiss, right? Well, she takes the thing. She stands in front of the, she stands in front of the big crown. Then she removes it, and they put up a basket. Um, and then she walks over to Shades, and he's just standing there, like, with his arms behind his back. He's standing at attention and shit, and she just walks over to her. She walks over to him, drunk with power, and she kisses him on the mouth. And he kind of looks at her like, word? You, word? Alright, okay. And that's how they ended season one. So now season two, they're full-blown in a relationship together. And every time they kiss, bro, it's it's just weird. You just, it, it, you just like, yo, ew, like that, ew, that you... Every time you see it, it's gross. It's never you never get used to it. It happens a bunch of times. You never get used to it. It's always weird. It always makes you. My wife was like, my wife was. She's like, oh my god, ill. She had to like cover her face because it's weird. Uh, and I don't know why, bro. Again, maybe the age difference between characters. Maybe it's the the dichotomy of their personalities or something. Because she's red hot and he's like ice. I don't know, but at first I thought, you know, Shades was, like, going to use her to maybe try to, you know, take over, but he's not doing that. He loves her. He really does love her, and you and you see that in the, throughout the series. But just them kissing is, and no disrespect to Alfred Woodard or, or, or Theo Rossi or whatever, it's, it's not what's intended. It's just... Yeah, it just is so, and I think it's part of it because there's there's scenes uh, where Comanche actually is in the room with them one time and they kiss and he kind of looks at them like ew yo like ew, <laughs> and uh, Comanche says something. Oh uh, well, no, I don't want to tell you because that's kind of a spoiler. But all in all, really, those are the only complaints I have for season two. Uh, really, that's it. Um, you know, not enough Luke Cage and a couple cringe-worthy scenes does not detract from this season to me. This is one of the best offerings Netflix has had so far, as far as the Marvel Universe is concerned. Um, I still think Daredevil season two, and I right now, honestly, right now, I would go Daredevil season two, The Punisher, um, Luke Cage season two, Jessica Jones season one. Those would be my, the first four off the top of my head. I think in in my order, um, as far as which shows are the are the best. And again, I haven't seen season two of Jessica Jones. I don't know if it's. I, I heard it was good. I just haven't had a chance to sit and watch it because, I just haven't. But when Luke Cage came out, I had to watch that. That's a must. So, excuse me. It's, I'll I'll get to Jessica Jones soon. I'll get to it soon. Probably won't have to do a review for that because it's pretty old, but. I do want to watch it just so I get the whole, uh, you know, get the whole thing going. But definitely, guys, Luke Season 2 is a go. Go check that shit out. My sister worked on that show. She was a PA on the show. 
production assistant, hired, not a temp. She worked on this show. She works for Marvel. She's going to be doing, I think she's working, I think she told me she's working on uh, Iron Fist Season 2. So, uh, check it out. It was dope. It was hot fire. Um, oh, another thing. My So, when they were filming Season 2, uh, just a funny side story. My sister sent me a text message. And she's like, damn, today we were filming and there was a scene where this woman started crying and we started crying on the set because the way she started crying in the scene, like it got everybody in the chest and there was like a couple people started crying when the when they shot the scene. So if you haven't seen this yet, when you come to the scene and you're going to know exactly what scene it is. Uh, when you get to that scene, think about what I just said. Because when I saw it, I was like, damn. And then I thought about what my sister told me. And it bugged me out. Just a little side thing. Just a little like everything podcast Easter egg. You can check out there for yourself. Some some inside info. Really the only stuff I can give you. Because I'm sworn to secrecy on a lot. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so... Guys, Luke Cage Season 2 is a go. If you haven't seen it yet and you've been on the fence about it, definitely go check that shit out right now. So we're going to take a little friggin' break and uh, come back with a lot of more. podcast i gotta tell you you know this beat is as good as it is it's really the instrumental without guru's voice over it and the and the the lyrics it just it you can just feel like something's missing i mean if you've never heard this before i'm sure it's just a cool little beat to listen to in the background but if you know this song and you know just the delivery and the, f- the the feel you get when you listen to the full version of this song, you know you know what you're missing in, in Guru's lyrics. But anyway, um, so ladies and gentlemen, I would like to talk to you now about this kneeling issue. So this damn kneeling issue in the NFL had seemed to die down in the past few months. Like, I haven't seen any America posts regarding Kaepernick or people caping for America. Like, I haven't seen it in a while. So, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you, at all, really. Um, so, of course, leave it to the Miami Dolphins to step all over shit with a ridiculous-ass policy that they put in place, or tried to put in place. So, if you don't know... Um, Last year, the NFL had a, had a well, they would they called it an issue where Colin Kaepernick, who was was the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, he decided to use his platform to bring awareness to police brutality and injustice to African Americans, and he chose to do this by kneeling while the national anthem played before the games. 
uh, when he did that, a lot of Americans out there, um, for lack of a better word, lost their goddamn minds. They they went on social media and they tried to crucify this man and saying that he's a you know not a real American, you know. He's disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the United States and disrespecting the armed forces and the veterans and the people who fought for this country. Um, you know, he had some players following his footsteps. The NFL didn't really know what to do. So they tried to find people. They tried to threaten people. And, and really, at the end of the day, it just kind of was a it kind of put a stink on the whole season, at least for me. Um, but again, if you, if you don't, if you didn't know about this kneeling and and I want to be, I want you to turn the volume up on this. If you, if if you, if you're one of those people who think that kneeling during the national anthem is disrespecting veterans is their way of disrespecting veterans or the armed forces or America. I want you to listen closely stop the fucking you know stop caping for america for a second you know turn off the barbecue grill put your two fucking front teeth back in and just listen for a second and understand that when colin kaepernick decided to take a knee during the national anthem it wasn't to disrespect the national anthem or veterans it was his way of standing out and then when people asked him why he's doing that, and he said so he can bring awareness to things like police brutality and injustice that's happening to African Americans all over the world. That's why he was doing it. But don't tell Donald Trump that. And I don't want to make this about Donald Trump. I really don't. I, I really, really, really don't. But... <laughs> He's the dumbass that keeps going on Twitter and saying, they're disrespecting the flag and they're disrespecting the veterans. And he has no clue about why this is happening. Him nor his flunkies who are wanna, who want to cape for fucking America and they don't even know why they're doing it. So, that in a nutshell is, you know, why Kaepernick is doing what he's doing. And that's really... That was the beginning of what led to this snowball effect of, you know, all the things that are happening in the NFL. They ended up losing viewership. They had very low ratings. A lot of people lost interest in the product. I, for one, lost interest in the product. And, you know, it had to do a little bit with that. But it really, to be honest with you, it had a lot to do with my Giants sucking a big bag of dicks last season. And, of course, the Eagles winning the championship that also kind of disgusted me <laughs> in ways that I can't describe but anyway so if you didn't know now you know so again it got quiet for a while the season was over we're just starting to get into training camp and I guess the Dolphins decided hey let's take this thing head on so what they decided to do is they put out a statement and the statement was not verbatim I'm just off memory here. The Dolphins decided that any player who kneeled during the National Anthem would be um, fined under 
conduct detrimental to the team, which conduct detrimental to the team is something that all the teams have in place to punish players who do things like, you know, they get into trouble, they abuse drugs or alcohol, they uh, run somebody over in their car, they knock their wives out in an elevator, they take performing enhancing substances, they say racist shit on Twitter, all things of things of that nature. It's all kind of lumped into it's it's like they're uh, you know it's not a wellness wellness policy. It's more like a you know keep shit in order policy. If I could think of a better word, if I had a better vocabulary, I, I would have used a better word there. But since I'm dumb, you you just heard what I said. So they decided to put it under the conduct detrimental to the team. You know, area which can lead up to the conduct detrimental to the team can go all the way up to four game, a four game suspension. Now, a lot of people like myself think that's very odd seeing as how Ray Rice got two game suspension for knocking out his fiance in an elevator. And Jameis Winston got three game suspension for groping some Uber driver while he was in her vehicle. Um, you know, it's kind of odd that bringing awareness to injustice uh, will get you suspended for basically one-fourth of the season. It's, it's a little strange to me. But but credit to the NFL, you know, they they stepped in before they totally got dragged on social media and, you know, they got they got they got ahead of this thing and they they decided to take what they did is that they took all the they told all the teams anything having to do with um discussions about the national anthem and penalties about the national anthem will be put on hold and the NFL is going to have a meeting with the players association slash players union to come to an agreement to work with the players union to to create like a unified policy where they can figure out finally what the fuck they want to do about this kneeling they would call it a problem i don't see a problem with it but you know they they need to figure something out here because they don't want to have another year like last year you know last year i'm not an eagles fan but it definitely should have been bigger than it was i'm sure it was huge in philly um but it's like a lot of people tuned out and a lot of people were disgusted. People were online burning their jerseys because some teams were speaking, siding with their players. Other teams were trying to side with the owners, you know, and, and the policies and plays. And, and so you had these people. I remember, uh, I think I saw a video where some lady burned her Pittsburgh Steelers gear because the Steelers decided to side with their players and kneeling and said they don't care if their players kneel, blah, blah, blah. And again, I could be wrong because I, I'm i trying to remember shit from last year that I kind of didn't even really care about but because I don't care about the Steelers. But anyway, so the NFL tried to get in front of this thing, and I say finally, finally, you know. It only took you a fucking almost two years, but you know what I mean? It took you long enough to figure this shit out, but at least they're they're trying to 
work with the players and get this thing taken care of. So it's it's I think it's a good thing, you know. And I've stated before on this show that I've strayed from sports in the past year or so, and it's because of shit like this. Like we got these NBA super teams, you got the 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 NFL's division over this issue. And the tone-deaf way that the NFL deals with their issues with these players. And, and, you know, it's just sports in general. I don't really follow baseball too much. You know, I don't really follow any other sports except, you know, mixed martial arts and some boxing. But I'm a NBA, NFL guy. Very simple. And I'm just hoping that they can come to an agreement where everyone is satisfied which is never going to happen because you can't please everybody but the fact that i don't see why it's so it's it's so hard to just get with kaepernick and get with the, the players union and be like listen let's let's start putting out some you know some psas or you know let's start donating to some i don't know donate to some you know united negro college fund and of course that's I have to pick the fucking most general thing that I can think of, but, you know, start doing these things to show that you actually care about some of these players and they're not just cattle for you. We all know that they're basically just cattle for the owners. That's how the owners think. But can you at least attempt to, you know, try to treat these people like human beings? And, and yeah. Oh, they make millions of dollars. You, you know, they they don't have to be. They get treated fine. They get paid millions of dollars to play a sport. Bro, have you ever seen these players who get injured after like three or four years, and then you never hear from them again, and they end up fucking homeless and uh, in shelters, and they're all their aches and pains and their knees and their ankles and their back, and they can't walk and they got concussions. And they can't fucking think. And they're getting fucking Alzheimer's early. All, thousands of players suffering from that shit. Especially in the NFL. Because it's such a violent collision sport. That they just use you up. And then once you're done. See you later. It's like. Bring on the next running back. Bring on the next fullback. Bring on the next you know strong safety. Bring on the next big tight end. And then he comes in for a little bit. Three, four years later, see you later. Bring the next one in. They treat them like cattle. And that's the fucking truth. And it's part of that makes me just, it, it kind of, as I get older, you know, I just kind of, I get a little disgusted. And it's just kind of like, damn, you start thinking back of these players that you followed and you try to look, look for them. And if, you know, if they're lucky enough to get into a broadcasting job, which is like, rare because there's only so many places you can do that now i mean everybody has a podcast now so you know they can do that but you got to build a fan base and to 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 get profitable if that's how you want to you know you make a career out of it but to get on espn or or fox or nfl network you gotta you know you gotta go to school you gotta take classes if you want to you know apply your craft and get good at it to learn how to actually speak on camera and live on live tv and with a microphone in your face and make sure to say the right thing and don't stutter and don't go, uh, 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 like I tend to do on this podcast that I do from my house. Uh, there, see, I did it again. You know, do you, there's things you have to do. Not every player can do that. You know, not every play. Some of these players, they, they come from places where 
They never had any fucking money. They go to college. They play their ass off. Make millions. They make millions. Not for themselves, but for the colleges. And they get nothing in return for that. These colleges make millions off the backs of these players with with dangling the hope of getting drafted by the NFL in front of them. That's what they that's what they get. You know, and you know, who knows what's happening on the side? They're giving them a little this, a little that, a little money here, a little car there. But you can't say anything. You can't you can't floss it because that's illegal and then you can ruin your chances for getting in the NFL. This is not not fucked up in this day and age. They're still not getting paid. And I know I'm segueing, but I'm just saying all these things build up and it just kind of like just makes you like sick of sports. You just yeah, you enjoy the sport, but then when you stop and think about what's happening to some of these players and how they're treated, it makes you sick. And then here's this guy who's done nothing but try to bring positivity and he the only way he cuz he can't grab a mic and start talking. You can't say the wrong thing because then he'll get suspended. So he tries to take a knee, and now he gets crucified by Americans and people who want to cape for America. Don't get me wrong, I love America, but you know, just shit like this. It's like this is this man should be praised. There's he's donated, I believe, if it's not over a million dollars, he he was trying to get to a, I think a goal of like a million dollars. To donate to like all these different charities. So he's giving his money away. He's like literally doing all the right things. All he's trying to do is bring awareness and help. And he gets nothing but shit on. It's terrible. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hoping to get back into you know the game. I'm going to try to put things to the side and try to just enjoy for what it is. But I, I, can't, I can't help it. It's, it's there. And if this shit just doesn't get nipped in the bud now, if they don't take care of this now and figure out something that's going to make both sides happy, they're going to lose out big time. Big time. So, hopefully I can watch my Knicks and Giants and actually enjoy the games. But only time will tell. And speaking of time, it looks like hashtag time's up for free speech on social media. So guys, let's let's have a talk while we're here, okay? Now, while I'm all for civility and respect for one's fellow man, I, I gotta tell you, this whole ultra PC time that we're living in right now, it's getting a little ridiculous, alright? Some of you people need to chill the fuck out. So, we recently had some celebrities come under fire for the things they said and things they may have tweeted uh, that honestly, I feel they're taken way out of context People are not really understanding the whole picture, and it's uh, it's really overblown, I feel. So, I got two examples here that I'd like to discuss, and I'd like to start off with Henry Cavill. So, Henry Cavill was doing an interview for GQ magazine, uh, while well, he was uh, promoting Mission Impossible 5, 6, or 7, I, I don't know what fucking number they're up to now in Mission Impossible, but... He was promoting the movie, so he's going on his little tour, doing an interview for GQ magazine, and they're asking him a bunch of shit. And then the reporter decided to ask him what he thinks of the Me Too movement in Hollywood. So, 
when he was asked, uh, what he said was he was fortunate enough not to be around the kind of people who behave that way. Then he said, I'd like to think that I've never been like that. Um, he also said, I know there have been some situations with people I've worked with being perhaps overly familiar with some of the actresses, he said. But I've always walked up to them and said, hey, are you all right? That's kind of creepy. Stuff has to change, absolutely, he said. It's important also to retain the good things, which were a quality of the past, and get rid of the bad things. Pretty decent, you know, thing to say. Very Superman-ish. You would expect something like Superman to say something like that. But then, uh, as he continues, this is the part where a lot of people took umbrage with and... I'll just read the quote itself. Um, So he continues and he says, there's something wonderful about a man chasing a woman. He continued, there's a traditional approach to that, which is nice. I think a woman should be wooed and chased, but maybe I'm old fashioned for thinking that. Um, Then he basically said that the line between sexual harassment and flirting was confusing. Um, it's very difficult to do that if there are certain rules in place because then it's like, well, I don't want to go up and talk to her because I'm going to be called a rapist or something, he said. Now you can't really pursue someone further than that. No, it's like, okay, cool, but then the, oh, why'd you give up? And it's like, well, it's because I didn't want to go to jail. (laughs) I'm going to read that again because I kind of stepped on it and I want to be I want to make sure I absorb it and you guys absorb it if you haven't already heard this. So he said that the line between sexual harassment and flirting was getting confusing. His quote is, it's very difficult to do that if there are certain rules in place, because then it's like, well, I don't want to go up and talk to her because I'm going to be called a rapist or something. That's what he said. Now you can't really pursue someone further than no. Because it's like, okay, cool. But then there's the, oh, but why'd you give up? I said, no, but why'd you give up? And it's like, well, because I didn't want to go to jail. So, that's basically, that was basically his quote. And people fucking lost their minds over that. Uh, There's this one person on Twitter, Helen Price, who said the mental gymnastics some men are doing to position themselves as victims of Me Too is insane. Uh, Another user here said Henry Cavill, uh, mildly amused is the Twitter name. Henry Cavill shouldn't date until he figures out how to do it without accidentally raping someone. Really? That's what you got out of that quote? Isn't that, does that, if, can, can we sit back? And just read things and not fucking realize. Look, there's a couple things about this, okay? Before I fucking lose my mind, what I don't think people understand is Henry Cavill is not a normal dude, okay? And let me finish my whole thought here. Just actually listen without. I can see some of you fucking social justice warriors. It's the steam coming out of your fucking ears right now because you think I'm defending, you know. Uh, I don't know, disrespecting women or whatever. That's not what I'm doing. But just fucking listen. So, what I don't think people understand here is Henry Cavill is fucking super fucking famous, okay? So they asked him a question, and he answered it. Now, Henry Cavill 
going up to a woman and trying to quote unquote woo her or talk to her or whatever, try to get her number or whatever the fuck, is a lot different than me or or, or another single dude, regular ass nine to five worker dude going up to a girl and trying to holler at her. It's a whole different ballgame. Everyone in the world who knows who fucking Henry Cavill is, he's a fucking he's like sculpted out of clay or some shit. Handsome dude, super famous, super rich. Okay, the circles that he travels in, everybody knows each other. So for him, flirting is a lot different than everyone else flirting. So when he's saying shit like this, I kind of understand what he's saying. That he has to be fucking super extra careful about what he does and says. Because immediately, someone could be like, ooh, Superman tried to fucking rape me. Or Superman tried to take advantage of me. Or he fucking came on way too hard. And then they call TMZ, they call whoever, and guess what? This nigga's life is ruined. So, as I'm reading this quote, I'm thinking of that. And I don't think a lot of people are thinking of that. You know, you don't understand, dude is uber fucking famous. So, it's going to kind of be hard for him to meet someone who doesn't already know who he is. People have ulterior motives, unfortunately. You don't know, you know, he could go try to talk to somebody and they're like, oh, cool, yeah, whatever. And just try to get him alone somewhere so that they can take advantage of the situation. I'm not saying every woman is trying to do that. I'm not saying Henry Cavill is some kind of saint. I don't know him. I don't know what's happening. Because nowadays, you you follow someone's career, and the next thing you know, somebody comes out and said, oh, 10 years ago, this guy did this to me, and then the shit goes down. Those kind of things, when they happen, need to happen. If people have been abused, and if people have been hurt by someone famous, and they're afraid to come out, come out with that shit. Because those are the kind of people we need to get rid of. But God damn it. Shit like this, where this guy tries to get lambasted on social media, it's like, it's a little fucking ridiculous. Like, understand someone's point of view here before shitting on them. Like, please. It's just, I don't, it's hard for me to, like, I, I try to see things from, you know, every side. And I can understand the people who got mad reading that but i don't think that they really they're not looking at the whole picture they're reading words and they're going oh my god fuck this guy this guy's a piece of shit he better not he fucking needs to know how not to rape let's fucking come on really like i have a person that i follow and when i saw the the um the article i was inside of a thread and it shows you you know twitter does a good job of showing you who's on your list who on your list is talking about you know the thread and I'm not going to say the name of this person, but this person may listen to the show. And if you read this, you obviously know who you are. And if you decide to flame me, that's on you. But I read, I was reading the the article and then I read it. And then um, I was like, really? This is what people are upset about? And then this is someone who I know is a fan, is a fan of this person. And this is what they tweeted. Um... They were tweeting about something, and then this was a continuation, but the other thing had nothing to do with this. So, the person tweeted something, and then the person goes, Also, fuck Henry Cavill for that comment. That was some straight-up nonsense. These dudes aren't stupid. They know what they are doing and how over-the-top they are being to twist the narrative back to them with this poor me horse shit for fuck's sake. Then this person continues, And while I'm here getting heated over this shit, 
Fuck all these dumbasses defending him and acting like it's not common knowledge that some people lie and that maybe he doesn't really know how to flirt or whatever garbage they're spewing. Fuck that. So basically, what this person is saying is that Henry Cavill is the devil, he's wrong, and anyone trying to defend him is a piece of shit. Without even having any kind of context to the situation or stopping it, it's like... I understand that Twitter and social media is reactionary. It is what it is. But you have to realize that you're in being reactionary like this. A lot of people are stupid. They jump on the bandwagon. They jump on the hashtag and they just pile on. It's like mob mentality. So every single individual who claims to be smart has to be a lot smarter when the shit like this happens. You have to not pile on i mean if it if the person deserves to be piled on if there's mad evidence if someone's coming out and saying yo this person did this i have proof uh, and they went to court and all that shit and they you know okay it's a wrap for the for the person being accused it's a wrap and i have no issues destroying them along with everyone else but things like this when people are just piling on and piling on when it's not even that serious like, this is the kind of shit that we have to get away from. Because now, everyone's afraid to do anything. And I don't want to live like that. I don't want to have to be worried about what I'm tweeting. I could give a fuck. Because I will stand up and I will stand behind anything I say because it's what I say. So, I just I would just like for people who claim to be smart and claim to be, you know, woke. Quote, unquote, woke as, as much as we hate using that word now. Can you stand back for a second and actually, before you grab your phone and start typing wild shit, can you at least read the article and under- try to understand what's being said? If it's fucked up, it's fucked up. But I don't think this is fucked up. I don't think dude said anything wild. And you have to understand where he's coming from or where she's coming from when things like this come out. Okay? That's really, that. that's all I got for that. So, I'm not saying he's 100% right. I'm not saying he's 100% wrong. But stop trying to fucking hashtag me too Superman, alright? Because that shit, nah, it's not going to happen. That's my guy. And if he does something wrong, he does something wrong. But this shit is not wrong. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to get into part two of this segment. And then we're going to wrap this show up. So... This leads us on to person of interest number two, James Gunn, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, one and two, who was fired by Disney for tweets deemed controversial by Twitter. Uh, These tweets were over 10 years old. Um, And to be honest with you, this has a lot of layers to it, so... Let's just go slow. In my opinion, these are obvious attempts at jokes when you read these tweets. It's so fucking obvious. They're all over the place. They're not in any kind of cohesive, like, put-together way. It's just random shit you spit out on Twitter just to try to be controversial. That's how I see them. Uh, are they funny? Some of them are funny. Some of them are really not. But you can 
reading these things is obvious. It's fucking so painfully obvious that these are just things put out there to create controversy. They're the most obnoxiously childlike tweets. Childlike probably isn't the right word. It's the most idiotic shit that you can just put out. It's the dumbest shit. Uh, One thing I don't think people are understanding here is that Twitter in 2018 versus Twitter in 2008, 2009, 2010 are completely fucking different Twitters. Twitter now, you can't say a fucking thing. Twitter 10 years ago was the goddamn wild, wild west. You said and did and posted literally anything in the fucking world. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And even now, Twitter is a shithole. You can go ahead right now and open up Twitter and search Mia Khalifa. And click on, not her Twitter, but click on, like, the, you know the part where it just shows you the results and there's free porn for you it's just porn 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 all over the place it's not like twitter's a sacred institution here people twitter it's twitter 10 years ago was a fucking disaster area so this guy's mentions now you got people in there calling him a rapist uh they call him a pedophile that he supports pedophilia. They're shaming him for tweets with this mob mentality. Well, yesterday, well, not technically yesterday, but the day before all this shit happened, everybody fucking loved James Gunn. And now they hate him. Um, you know, the 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 social justice warriors who pop out, and the ones that add to the pylon when they see buzzwords that they don't like, and then they just jump in and go, "Whoa, what's going on here? Fuck that guy for saying that." when they don't even bother to fucking just do their research or, or know what's going on, they just jump in. And mind you, this whole thing came about, well, it came about really because the tweets existed. That's the first part. But it came about because James Gunn started tweeting anti-Donald Trump shit. And guess what? Trumpers went into his timeline and found anything that they could find that's controversial and brought the shit back up. How do you even fucking access tweets from 10 years ago? How do you even do that? There's no fucking option for that in Twitter. You, there must be some app or some shit that you can go in and just access old ass tweets. How in the fucking hell do you get tweets from 10 years ago? I don't know how. And here's the best part. I'm not even mad at Disney for firing James Gunn. I'm not. I understand why they did what they had to do. There's a lot of people who were outraged. And I'm not saying either you, you, you know, I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying. I understand why Disney did what they did. It's a big company. There's a lot of money involved. They're trying to keep their crystal clean image. Uh, so they had to fight. They felt like they had to fire this guy because those tweets were unacceptable and the things he was saying were unacceptable. Okay, fuck it. He should have really known better. And I know that he apologized for these tweets in 2017 and also in 2012, mind you. He's apologized for these things. But you know what? I was having a discussion with my brother. And I was saying, if I was to be hired by Disney, 
for whatever reason, if they hired me to be their consultant for a Moon Knight movie that they're doing because I am the biggest Moon Knight fan on Earth, which I'm probably not, but I love me some Moon Knight, uh, if Disney decided to hire me, all this shit would be gone. <laughs> uh, my Twitter would be gone, my Facebook would be gone, my fucking Instagram, I would have to purge my Instagram of whatever I thought maybe would be unacceptable, just because I know the deal. I'm about to come into some money, and I do what I gotta do. So, Lou from the BX Twitter will be gone. I will probably create Lou from the BX One and start a brand new Twitter and be like, "Hey guys, this is Lou from the BX here, Disney employee. How are you today? Good morning." And I'll post inspirational quotes every day and promote my shit, just because I know the deal. Now, maybe James Gunn should have done that. Maybe he should have purged his Twitter. Uh, I'm sure there's an app out there or something that you can use to delete tweets or something. I don't, there has to be something because there's some fucking way these people dug up these old tweets. So I, he could he sh- he should have gone back and once he was hired by this company he should have known and just deleted things. But you know he felt like that shit was in the past. He apologized for all those things that he wrote. And I guess he felt like it wasn't a big deal, but apparently it is a big deal. Because now everybody's all up in arms and they're all fucking losing their mind over this shit, you know? It's, it's like, I, I'm more upset, to be honest with you, like, I'm not upset with Disney. I'm, like, I'm more upset with these people who claim to be smart and just fucking, they get outraged over anything. And it's, it's you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read you some of these tweets. Now... Again, I only have six of them because I didn't feel like going and there's like a whole collage that people made of their tweets, of the tweets that he put out. So I have a couple here. I have six of them and I'm going to read them. Are they funny? It's all it's all up into interpretation. Are they inappropriate? Yeah, probably fucking inappropriate. He probably shouldn't have said this shit. Do I think he's a pedophile or a rapist for saying some of these things? No. But again, here we go. At James Gunn. April 5th, 2009. I like it when little boys touch me in my silly place. Shh! That's a one tweet. James Gunn. Uh, September 19th, 2011. I'm doing a big Hollywood film adaption of The Giving Tree with a happy ending. The tree grows back and gives the kid a blowjob. Is it funny? Kinda. (laughs) But... Can you see where people have a problem with this? Sure. Can you see where Disney has a problem with this? Fucking of course. But is this... Is he a... James Gunn. August 2008. Just made a joke about ass raping my friend while she was asleep. That's not cool. Do I think he was actually doing that? I don't know. Has he ever been accused of this? Not that I know of. Not to my knowledge. James Gunn. August 15, 2010. The Expendables was so manly, I fucked the shit out of the little pussy boy next to me. The boys are back in town! Exclamation mark. James Gunn. June, 2008. Laughter is the best medicine. That's why I laugh at people with AIDS. Oh, man. James Gunn. Oh, October 22, 2009. Wondering which Disneyland character would be the worst to get raped by. I think it's Goofy, but Sleepy would suck too. Okay, so... 
think that's it. Oh, there's one more. Look at this. James Gunn. February 22nd, 2009. The best thing about being raped is when you're done being raped, it's like, whew, this feels great, not being raped. These are all jokes that I've heard from comedians. Jim Florentine, Jim Norton, Patrice O'Neill, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Eh, Joe Rogan. Fucking... Uh, you know, I've heard shit like this from Bob Kelly. I've heard shit like this from name a fucking New York comedian, Boston comedian who doesn't make jokes like this. This shit. Again, do I think these tweets are funny? No, not really. They they don't really. I don't really think they're funny. Is he a stand-up comedian? Not that I know of. No. Do I think he's a pedophile? No. Do I think he's a rapist? No. Am I offended by these tweets? No! I'm not fucking offended by the words. I'm not offended by tweets or words. It's just fucking... It's just... Look. Okay? Dude apologized already for these... Several times. Now, I want to go back... And I want to read to you... Hold on, let me find it. Because I got it here. Somewhere in this there we go I even made a folder for this episode huh? what a fucking professional so I want to read you uh, I'm done with those tweets I'd like to read you a little bit of the outrage someone on my timeline wrote why are so few people talking about this James Gunn thing this is when it just popped off this is more disturbing than anything I've seen recently and everyone is silent what the fuck like I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies too and Marvel films, but we gotta call this shit out, guys, because it's beyond one bad comment. Just because you may like the guy or his movies doesn't excuse this aberrant behavior that went on for years. And so many people are defending him with, well, it was 10 years ago and he said sorry. Um, no, I don't care how long ago it was or what he has to say now. Joking about rape, pedophilia, making disgusting sexist comments, homophobic comments, none of that is ever okay. It's not like he said one mildly offensive thing. He said tons of things I wish I didn't read because it was so fucking disturbing. You want to defend James Gunn on this, then fuck right off. (laughs) So, everyone can react differently. And I understand that. Some people are more offended by things than others. I've learned, to to be quite honest with you, I've learned a lot of that from my wife. I, when we first met, I used to say a lot of wild, outrageous shit. Not purposely, just because I said dumb shit all the time. Uh, And her reactions uh, at times, when she knew I was joking for the most part, but sometimes I pushed the line, and the look of horror on her face, I'd realize, damn, that that was probably too much. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. And there were some times where she'd laugh hysterically because she knows it's a joke. So everyone, you know, I understand everyone reacts differently. My problem is the piling on on top of someone over shit. Because this same person, the next day, literally the next day, uh, looked like they had a change of heart. (laughs) And they said, they tweeted, now that some time has passed, which was literally a day. I'm having some thoughts about this gun situation. While I think the things that he said were deplorable and disgusting, and while I personally think less of him, 
I never thought he should have been fired. Regardless of the nature of his comments, they did happen 10 years ago, and while that doesn't make it okay in any way, I think firing was a bit heavy-handed. Again, I don't regret anything I said previously on the matter. There's still no word on... There's still no world where pedophilia jokes are okay. His sexist comments that I believe were made more recently... Okay, sorry, I'm, it's not me, it's the person who wrote this. His sexist comments that I believe were made more recent are honestly what really bothered me as they implied rape was funny and demeaned women in a more most disturbing way still even given that firing seems a bit harsh it is what it is i won't defend him just thinking on it so <clears throat> what i'd like to do for what i'd like to do here is uh i'm going to go to james gunn's twitter because i noticed something as he wrote a huge apology, which I'm going to actually read now. So, once everything came out and he was let go, he put out a flurry of tweets. He put out five tweets, and uh, it goes a little something like this. Many people who have followed my career know when I started, I viewed myself as a, provo a provocateur, making movies and telling jokes that were outrageous and taboo. As I have discussed publicly many times, as I have developed a per as a person, and so has my work in humor. It's not to say I'm better, but I am very, very different than I was a few years ago. Today, I try to root my work in love and connection, and less and and, and less in anger. My days say something. My days saying something just because it's shocking and trying to get a reaction are over. In the past, I have apologized for humor of mine that hurt people. I truly felt sorry, and I meant every word of my apologies. For the record, when I made these shocking jokes, I wasn't living them out. I knew this is a weird statement to make, and it seems obvious, but still, here I am saying it. Anyway, that's the complete honest truth. I used to make a lot of offensive jokes. I don't anymore. I don't blame myself for this. I don't blame my past self for this, but I like myself more than... I like myself more, and I feel like a more full human being and creator today. Love to you all. So, again... He basically summed up what I was trying to say. Motherfucker was putting out provocative tweets just to put out provocative tweets because he was making scummy films back in the day. Like he was doing Grindhouse shit. And his Twitter reflected his work. So he was putting out shocking shit. And I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, I'm not trying to be an apologist for this dude. I'm just looking at the situation for what it is. So my thing is this. So he puts these tweets out, right? He has thousands of replies. So I'm just going to go into his mentions. And let's see here. The first person that I see is White Rabbit. And it says, I guess you agree with your own firing and posted a picture of him. What is this? I wish some of the so-called defenders of liberty would start to understand what freedom of speech is and isn't. Roseanne is allowed to say whatever she wants. It doesn't mean ABC Network needs to continue funding her TV show if her words are considered aberrant. Okay, uh... First of all, white rabbit person on Twitter, Roseanne was fired because she was currently working on a show and she said some wild shit and then they fired her. This nigga here said some shit 10 years ago. A freaking MAGA supporter drudged it up, put it online for people to get outraged. And then Disney was like, whoa, no, you're fired. So kind of fucking different there. And Mr. White Rabbit, I'm guessing, let's go to your page and see what's what's up with you. Hmm, what are your tweets about here? Let's see, your first tweet is something about Jimmy Kimmel and pedophilia. And then your next tweet 
is something about what is this? La, 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 la. More pedophile shit. They're getting ready to board the Lolita Express for Orgy Island with a quick stop to. Okay, I don't know what the fuck that's about. So let's see. What do you. What is it? What do you support? Let's see here. Hmm. There's some James Gunn stuff here. I'm just trying to go through and make sure. Uh, what do we got here? Come on. I don't know what's here somewhere. Oh, anti Hillary Clinton tweets. Hmm. Interesting. Could you perhaps be a MAGA supporter? Wow, wake up, sheep. Hashtag Clinton Foundation. Hashtag Haiti. Hashtag Clinton body count. Hashtag Hillary Clinton. Hmm. Well, this person here seems to be a Donald Trump supporter. Wow. All right. Okay. Or at least an anti Hillary Clinton supporter, which would lead me to think he's a, you know, mega support let's see this person said as a survivor i find it offensive and disgusting that people think guns should be forgiven uh all this crap causes mental and emotional physical problems okay well, let's click on her page and see what she's about oh look in her bio hashtag trump 2020 motherfucker she's a trump supporter what a fucking shock kathy r as a mother i am shocked at the amount of people defending this we hollywood rampant pedophilia this is beyond offensive children are defenseless and blah 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 blah. okay i got you i'm cool with that let's go to your page and see what this is about and what's down here on her time oh look at that trump train retweets hey all right another fucking trump supporter can i find someone who's not a trump supporter here shitting on this guy Alright, uh, who's this? As a mother of four young children, totally stick up for James. His jokes weren't funny, but that doesn't mean he's a pedophile. Bravo, young lady. Uh, let's click on her page just for the fun of it. She's actually supporting James Gunn, but nothing here about... I don't know what to say. Today was a disgrace. Donald Trump embarrassed Americans. So she's... Oh, this is a Chris, a Chris Evans retweet that she has on here. Chris Evans talking shit about Donald Trump. So she doesn't like Donald Trump. What I'm looking for here is people who are shitting on... Uh, James Gunn in his mentions, and then I go to their page. So far, three out of three that I clicked on that were shitting on him were Trump supporters. Uh, let's see, who's this? This, all right, this will be my first ever tweet. I think I don't usually care about Hollywood drama, but this is wrong. Blah blah blah. blah. Okay, and you have one tweet, and your one tweet is that tweet shitting on James Gunn. All right, let's, we'll say you're neutral. Maybe you were so offended you decided to make a Twitter and do that. Okay, who's this person? Simon, uh, da, 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 da. I've been thinking a lot about this. You know what? People are getting fired as retribution, blah, 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 blah. Now you're just trying to get your name out there. Fuck out of here. Uh, James M. Tate. Maybe you did live that stuff out. Maybe you didn't. No one knows, but you wrote it. Goodbye. Okay? James M. Tate. Uh, let's see. What are you about? You seem to enjoy movies as you are posting a lot of things here about movies. A lot of things about Star Wars. Star Wars, Rollerball. Da, 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 da. Okay, I guess. Okay, this guy is not. This guy seems to just be promoting his own stuff. So this is just a regular dude. I guess he was mad, and he uh, tweeted at James Gunn. So no Trump support there. This person here, Javier, blah blah blah, excuses. Okay, and your whole thing is in Spanish. You're from Colombia. I'm gonna say that you are just a upset dude because what. Yeah, this is just a Colombian dude. Okay. I'm going to do one more. Uh, where's the next person shitting on him? Waiting for Disney to announce they aren't releasing... Okay, no. Nope. 
Yeah, you're sorry now that you're fired, okay? Johnny Smith, go to your page. Up-and-coming entertainer from Kansas who likes blah, 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 blah. Okay. And let's see. What do we got here? What do we got here? Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. This is just a gamer. This dude has nothing to do with... Uh... Okay, so three and three, right? Three who were shitting on him, and they were... No Trump support whatsoever. Three who were shitting on him, and they were. So I'm going to do the tiebreaker. Let's see what we got. I'm going to find one more person. The next person who's shitting on him. Uh, in this mentions. I'm going to go on their profile. And see what's up. Uh, that's not really shitting on him. I need to get the people who are like trying to shit on him here. I'm sorry guys. I know this is probably like really boring. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. One more person. A lot of people here showing support, which is cool. Come on, man. This is not... This isn't the... What's going on? I'm sorry, guys. I really, really, really apologize. I'm trying to keep it moving. I'm just trying to scroll through. And... The thing is, I'm finding a lot of people here who are, like, bigging them up, so... It's it's a little difficult. All these these are basically positive. Uh, come on, damn, dude. Just the other day when I looked at this, there were so many negatives, and now there's a lot of positive people here, which is good for him. But I'm trying to prove a goddamn point here. Oh man, this sucks. Okay, well, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Three. Two, one, and zero. So a lot of people here making sense. They're saying the same things about, basically saying the same things I am. Freaking ten-year-old tweets don't make no sense. But guys, look, I just feel like we all take social media way too serious. You know, we've allowed it to dictate who and what we are. Ten years ago, I could give two wet shits about what I wrote online and who saw it. Now, you can't do that. But that shouldn't mean that we should be crucified for the things that we did 10 years ago. Like, fuck out of here. That's, you know... It just... If, I'm hoping that with what I did here, you guys at least understand my point. That this guy is not about the shit that he was tweeting. So, it was just words he was just putting out their shit he was just putting shit out there for shock value and they were drudged up and dude lost his job should he have deleted them yeah probably did he no he didn't and now he had to pay the price and again i'm not mad at disney for firing the dude it's just the people again that's the same the same thing i said in the last segment the, the last half of this segment. The people who claim to be so fucking smart and woke and, and you know, civilized or whatever. And they just pile on and they continue the, the snowball effect rolling down fucking hill. Shitting on people for things that it's like they're fucking... Basically, they're dirty jokes. And now it's like, oh my god, we're so offended by everything that you can't even fucking make a dirty joke anymore. Not the type of environment I want to be in, to be quite honest with you.
I mean, maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe these younger people are fucking just a little too sensitive or something. I don't know. And I'm not trying to claim you're all sensitive, you know, but I don't know, man. This shit seems a little outrageous for me, especially the outrage. So, guys, that brings us to the end of the Everything Podcast, episode 47. I'd like to thank you guys so much for joining me on this journey. This podcast took me about two weeks to do. I actually recorded it in blocks. So, um, it at first, I had a semi-idea of what I wanted to do. And then as all these news stories started popping, um, I kind of changed it into what it became. So, kind of cool. Just a little look into the uh, quote-unquote creative process that I kind of go through on the daily. I already have a new episode in my head that is done. I just need to write it down and record it. So, that's going to be coming much sooner than you think. So, guys, once again... Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. This is your boy, Lou from the BX, Louis Balboa, Dominican Lou, favorite podcaster, favorite podcaster, the Loose Cannon of Podcasting. We got shirts at Teespring. Again, you can go to the Instagram page for easy access to the link. You can just click right on it. I've been sharing it on my Insta story. I've been sharing it on Facebook stories. Um, you can also have an everything podcast shirt and i'm only telling you guys this because there are only going to be five of those shirts made once those five shirts are gone they will be gone forever so literally if you like this show it's basically going to be a collector's item for the show so i got one there are only five more once those are done i'm not doing any more of that brand i'm already working on a new style logo So once I finalize everything, I'm going to make the new shirts and I'm going to start pressing them. So we got shirts. If you guys would like to go, uh, go to iTunes. If you could drop me a review on iTunes after you listen to this show, let me know what you think. Hit me up on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. I'm even on, uh, what's this new thing? I'm on Holonis now. Fucking Holonis, guys. You believe it? There's a new social media thing. You know I get on all the new shit. It's spelled H-O-L-O-N-I-S. Holonis. And uh, it's pretty cool. It actually merges everything that you have and do into one page. So you open up the, my Holonis page, and it's you see my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, my freaking Podbean, my shirt link. You, I, I mean, you can literally put every single thing that you've done on the internet into one place and promote it so i'm down with Helanis. I, I, I like it a lot i still got to work on it it's kind of plain but i am on there so guys if you could give me a follow or give me a follow give me a follow please an error and a follow uh give me a follow thank you for the stream thank you for the download i appreciate you all i love you very much dream as if you live forever live as if you'll die today peace and love guys we'll see you next time